Welcome to Craft of Code, a podcast brought to you by Linode that explores the stories of developers, entrepreneurs, and enterprises of all sizes from all over the world who share our mission to make cloud computing simple, affordable, and accessible to all. If you're looking for a critical issue in tech today, you don't need to look any further than a lack of diversity. Studies have shown that inequity and a lack of representation in the workplace have led to a large number of tech workers leaving the workforce. Start peeling the layers off of this onion, and you find that 80% of underrepresented minorities drop out of computer science programs at universities before they graduate. Peel back another layer, and we see how students from low-income and marginalized communities lack exposure to computer science to begin with. Today, I'm talking with Nathan Esquenazi, co-founder and CTO of CodePath. Nathan is the son of Cuban immigrants. He was raised in a low-income community, but he had the good fortune of being introduced to to computers by a teacher early on. That caring, engaged teacher was enough to make a big difference in Nathan's career and his life. Nathan felt at home when he was learning about computers, and he ended up building and selling his first app at 17. He went on to earn a degree in computer science and continued his journey by creating CodePath with co-founders Mike Ellison and Tim Lee. CodePath is a nonprofit organization that unites employers, students, and colleges to eliminate inequities in tech education, diversify the field, and provide underrepresented students with a path toward economic mobility and intergenerational wealth. Since it began in 2017, CodePath has helped thousands of students on more than 70 campuses thrive in technology careers, creating a new, more inclusive future of tech. Nathan, thanks for joining us on the Craft of Code podcast. It's great to be here with you, Mike. Thanks. So I love your background. I'd love, can you tell us a little bit more, right? You know, as a kid sitting in front of a computer for the first time, take us back to that moment when you realized, wow, I love this, these bits and bites. I'm going to, I'm really good at this. That moment when you really realized you found your thing. Yeah, I really appreciate this question. It's interesting for me personally, uh, it might've, it worked actually uh, where I think it started as me being a natural tinkerer. You know, I always had that type of personality, like from an early age where I was tinkering with stuff or playing with Legos, Lincoln Logs. I really loved creative writing as well. And even before I could write when I was a kid, I would always have this, um, I guess, inclination towards creating stories. I really enjoyed it. I had a very vivid imagination. And so for me, it's interesting. You know, I don't know if I ever would say that I felt really a strong connection to computers so much as I did to the, the ability to make things and solve problems. And so for me, even when I was a kid, it was really about what can I make? What can I create? And then what can I do that's fun to, to see the fruits of, of what I've made? And so I would say, you know, I would play around and create different tools or games or chatbots. And the computer became a medium for me to do that. And then every time I would create something that was uniquely me and I could show it to other people or my family, you know, I, I found this early sense of accomplishment and confidence in myself that I didn't find necessarily in other, in other aspects. So that was what I think initially drew me to it. Yeah, curiosity is just such a wonderful thing. Um, you know, going 
So you get that initial spark, right? And you do all the you do all the hard the hard work of um, you know of building that. But then you need to go into formal training, and that's usually a hard transition to make, right? Of I'm doing this myself to where oh I need to make this I need to make this serious, and I need to take another step. Well, for a lot of people, that means college. What was your experience like going through through college as a computer science student? <laughs> was you know. I mean, you know, what was the diversity or the lack of diversity like in your program? And what was that experience like? Yeah, it's a, I appreciate that as well, because, you know, as probably a lot of people can empathize with, as a student coming from more of a low-income background, um, high school community, college, uh, especially at like a major four-year university, took a lot of adjustment for me. I went to college, but I and I knew I wanted to study computer science. I didn't know much about it, and I didn't know much about what to expect in college. Um, I did have, you know, mentors that were encouraging me to to go to school and study that. So that helped me kind of know that okay, at least they think I, I'll succeed. But I, beyond that, I I had a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. Uh, when I first started, I didn't really know what to expect. I was quite nervous. Um, I remember thinking, you know, pretty quickly when I was in class, that there were clearly two groups of students. There were those that had done years of like um, advanced placement, computer science in high school. And so they were deeply immersed in the material and they were way ahead of the game. And then there were those often from underrepresented backgrounds where their high school did not have any computer science uh, classes at all, let alone advanced placement. And so I would say for me, I quickly, I mean, very quickly saw quite a gap and a struggle for the latter half of folks that had did not have that prior computer science experience from when they were in high school or even middle school in some cases, if you went to a really nice private school. And so I would say that gap was clear literally day one, and then it got wider and compounded every single day after that. And so in addition to that gap between the kind of those that had that experience and those that didn't, there was also a huge number of my friends and myself where I had a lot of questions, you know, tech industry, startups, what it would it take to work at a company, a big tech company? What's the real world like in tech? You know, what is technical interviewing? How would I build my portfolio? I have all these questions. And frankly, I did not have a lot of answers. So I was often just hungry and curious um, and, and never really had that roadmap uh, or, or that clarity about uh, the answers to some of those key questions. So you know, it was interesting because I was actually part of a cohort that was specifically designed to make computer science more diverse. So I want to give a lot of credit to my university that they actually uh, went out of their way to try to build a more accessible computer science. And it was a major they called informatics. Even there, though, I, I still saw that gap. And I think I very close and near and dear to my heart, both personally and to my many friends, saw the struggle with things like confidence sense of belonging, and many other challenges that led to, you know, many of my personal friends actually switching majors out of computer science and saying things like, this isn't for me. Um, so, you know, I was fortunate that I actually paid for college, fully paid for it, um, other than loans I took out by working for startups while I was in school my entire time. So I was in the dorms at the same time I was taking full credit, and I was working you know, 20, 30 hours every week. So as you can imagine, I didn't sleep much while I was in college, but I did learn a lot that ended up being very useful for me later on. So let's talk about how that became useful for you later on, right? Those experiences that you that you had 
And then you you use them, I would imagine, to go on and co-found CodePath. How did that play out, right? How did that how did how did all of that that curiosity and hunger and challenge, you know, turn into CodePath? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it's funny the way that life looks differently as you look back on it. But I would say for me, unbeknownst to me at the time, CodePath really came full circle, uh, as you said, back to pretty much everything that I had experienced prior to that through the companies I'd worked in, the ones I had started, the college experience, so many different ways I would never have been able to predict. I would say there's you know a couple different things I'll, I'll share about how those went into building CodePath. Uh, first is while I was in college, uh, I often, as I mentioned, found this knowledge gap for students. And so I actually ended up running into um, offering my own informal, unofficial uh, workshops and classes that I would run for my peers. So I would actually run them through things, show them the different concepts, run tutorials, walk them through the labs, and seeing specifically how they struggled, like why they struggled, where it wasn't connecting, where they had problems, was very, very useful, as well as watching how what I described in a particular way would help it click in their minds. So that became absolutely critical to the development of some of the programs for CodePath in the early days. Another example of this is, you know, my own personal experience uh, in startups as I was trying to pay for school really gave me a, let's say, appreciation for the pain, the, the, the challenges, and frankly, the chaos and the uncertainty that comes with having a business. And so there's a lot of emotional resiliency, like a lot of tools that I had to build to manage myself, manage my mental state, my anxiety, all of these things as you're operating in such an uncertain environment. And I think a lot of that really came to bear for me very well as we got into CodePath years later. And and I would say last for me was, as I mentioned, the full circle element of this is that our nonprofit now, CodePath.org, it's really in 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 a way a direct answer to the question of what would myself and my friends have wanted to have in our dream world when we were going through computer science ourselves as college students. Such a great mission and a way to get to get there. And I know now your you know CodePath is organized around three fo- pretty interesting focus areas. So for our listeners, let me quickly cover those. Then I want to dive into each of them because I think there's a lot to be learned here uh, on this. The first, the first, the first focus area around CodePath is getting underrepresented students in the computer science programs at schools you have partnerships with. The second, offering those students the opportunity to not only get incredible hands-on skills that you know are in high demand in the workforce, but to gain access to internships at some of the top tech companies. And then the third and last is training up a pool of super talented candidates to fill the roles that these companies are clamoring to fill. So let's dive in for a little bit uh, and pick your and pick your brain. You know, getting underrepresented students in computer science programs um, into them, right? So how does that happen? Yeah, I, I, this is really great. And this kind of gets a little bit into the deeper, you know, machinations of, of how our, our operation works and how we think about this from a systematic, you know, scalable point of view, right? And so it all starts, I guess, with, I want to share a little bit more about, you know, how we got to where we are in terms of those different pieces of the program. And so over the years, we went really deep on this in the early days, We drew inspiration, obviously, from our collective experiences as founders, friends of ours. We also interviewed a lot of current college students, faculty members, and we looked at the top five 
engineering colleges in the world with the best outcomes. And we asked ourselves the question, what do they do? Why are the outcomes so ridiculously good? And one example of this, which I'll give a shout out to is, you know, Waterloo in Canada. And anyone who's an engineer or engineering hiring manager knows that, you know, if you can get Waterloo students, it's very commonly considered, you know, that they're going to be very good. And, and actually every Waterloo student has certain, um, things that they are, are required to do as part of their degree that almost no other college does. And so what we saw, not just from the universities, but also from our experiences, interviews, our research, is that at the end of the day, success in tech often, doesn't always, but often follows certain archetypes, certain what we call happy paths. And you can actually graph like what percentage of people in tech based on surveys are following which of these happy paths, so to speak, into tech. And there's one that is the outsized path, meaning that within the United States, this is by far and away the recipe for somebody to succeed and have dramatic economic mobility and success and purpose in tech. And so some of the examples of what this requires, as we found in our research, is one, you need a clear understanding of what you're trying to attain. So you need to understand the landscape, step one. Step two, you need to be very well-versed and practiced in problem-solving and communication. And third, and this is a really critical one in the U.S. in particular, is, uh, again, if you're following this, this, this primary uh, happy path, and there are, of course, other ways you can get there, absolutely. But in this primary path is if you are going to choose to do the four-year degree in computer science, that you actually complete one or even two internships, technical internships, before you graduate. So once we understood those pieces, right, the, the roadmap, the proficiency in problem solving and communication, and the completion of these internships as milestones, then we understood our role as an organization really well, which is we need to support students end to end and get as many of them through these milestones as humanly possible, right? And that's really what it comes down to is we designed a holistic approach, right? We work with students over multiple years. We help them get their internship. We help them get confidence in their technical interviews. We help them build their portfolio. And, you know, we help them feel confident so that when they do get that first job, they don't just get the job, but they're, they're hitting the ground running on the job. And so, you know, the other aspect to this, which I want to call out because it's so critically important, is that we can't do any of this work with students. I mean, it's great to work with them, but at the end of the day, unless we're helping them make connections to the tech industry, you know, we're not going far enough. And so, you know, we have always believed that at the end of the day, we need the support of, the partnership of, the collaboration with the technology industry itself. And so, you know, we're proud to have companies like Google, Meta, Salesforce, Comcast, Workday, Course Hero, and many other partners that both fund our work and directly hire our students. So, you know, I, I can honestly say we, we've only been able to do any of the work we've done today um, based off of the support of these players. And so to sum it up, it really comes down to those things I laid out and, and all three pieces you called out are, are critical to this, which is the hands-on skills, you know, the communication and the confidence, the immersive programs where we actually work to give students early internships, where they can get an internship as early as freshman year in college. And then finally, direct career placement services, where we help uh, with large-scale personalized matching between students and companies. So, and we offer this now to, to students free of charge, 100% free of charge to the students. And we currently work with more than 5,000 students every year. Yeah, access, access and hands-on. I mean, nothing, nothing more important than that. So talk a little bit about the technology, right? So you've 
that's a lot about that's a lot of the relationships and the you know and the business side of this. But there's probably also a little bit of a technical component to to what you do, right? As in as in everything. As I understand it, CodePath um, does run on Linode, uh, so you're cloud you cloud based. How did you find out about Linode and sort of what led you to to Linode here? Yeah, well, it's kind of a, a another one of those funny. Uh, full circle stories, but I've actually been using Linode since I was a college student myself. I was learning a web development framework called Rails at the time. And uh, at the time it was up and coming. Now, you know, it's been around for a long time, but uh, one of the startups I was working at was using it. And I also participated in a hackathon. Um, and that was in, this is like in circa 2005. And so as part of that, Linode was offering free instances for the hackathon. And I started using it just because it was free. So I thought, why not host for that? I immediately started to like the way it worked. I thought it was no frills, easy to create instances. It was very well priced. Um, the support was excellent. And so I, I liked using it. And so it sort of stuck. And so ever since really 2005, 2006, um, I've tried other providers, obviously, cloud computing providers, but Linode always felt like home. And I've actually been using Linode now probably in every role I've ever been in over the past 16 years. Yeah, it seems to be some very similar um, paths uh, and and beliefs there in helping in helping people out. So CodePath has grown a lot since it started out, uh, and I'm curious how you know how you've worked with Linode uh, uh, and how they've supported you because uh, right, it's a lot. Just like you said, you know, you started out as a you know started out small with that and then grew. And I would imagine that CodePath is very similar as, you know, you've had higher demand and capacity and services. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, yeah, we've, we've been using Linode since day one of CodePath. We have a, a suite of products hosted on Linode that started out very modest and small and have grown substantially into, you know, end-to-end custom software across everything that we do, from organizing the cohorts, processing applications, enrolling, the actual classes themselves, technical support, grading, analytics, everything. And so, you know, as you said, we, we've grown incrementally over time and we use a lot of the same, you know, the, 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 the Linode services, object storage, backups, node balancers, long view, all sorts of things. And we've scaled up very organically, incrementally over the years from just a handful of instances to a lot of different things going on within our Linode purview. And as I mentioned, support has always been great. It's, uh, you know, we've had very minimal downtime. So Linode has grown with us really well as our needs have increased over the years. I'd love to talk about support a little bit, only because I think there's a right, a lot of the stuff that you are doing for the for the students in in your universe is very hands-on and supporting them. Uh, it, are there, you know, are there similarities you see between tech support and what you do and how you support those students? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So with our students, I'd say a big part of the class, as you brought up, is actually technical support for students. And it's not quite the same as what Linode does, you know, but we do have our own ticketing system and students do reach out to us. We do have people to process the tickets, uh, help support and coach the students on issues that they're running into. So I would say uh, in a very real sense, we've had to scale up our own form of technical support, which is a little bit different from a traditional company but has some similarities uh, to what you do all do at Linode. And some of the same things matter, right? Response times, you don't want students to be stuck or frustrated for too long. Uh, you want to provide the right type of support. So templates to help the students for common issues, as well as for us giving 
the right support. So in other words, you don't always want to tell them the answer, but you want to coach them through finding the answer. Yeah, because once the, once people hit support, they're usually not in the best place <laughs> by, the time, by the time they're asking. Absolutely. And I think that's true for both, I would imagine, your customers and for us, which is usually by the time you're there, you're already a little heated or frustrated. So for mm-hmm. us, it's, you know, if we want students to be happy uh, and, and learn efficiently, it's really important to, to keep that response time down. I mean, this is one of the most impressive stories I've heard, uh, Nathan. And it's, you know, the work that you're doing is just so so vital. Uh, what's your vision for what's next for CodePath? Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you asking. And I would say, as, as you mentioned at the very beginning in the, the great intro, our vision for CodePath.org is to create a world where the most competitive technical roles, the ones we all know about, right? Startups, top tech, they reflect the diversity of the population itself. So it really comes down to, it's a, you know, obviously it's a, it's a big work and we're not going to be doing it alone by any means or stretch. It's a huge ecosystem of people working together on this, but we want to be a strong part of the solution to eliminate educational inequity in all the major tech career pathways. And so just to give you a little sense of this, you know, by 2040, there will be, say, roughly three to, three to five million new software engineers that will enter tech. This is, you know, estimates based off of research. And so in order to reflect the diversity of the population, you know, as a baseline, you'd want to see one million, you know, Black, Latinx, Indigenous, low-income students launching, you know, top tech careers over that same period. And again, that's, that's as a baseline. And so, you know, we're nowhere near the trajectory as an, as a society to achieve that. And so that's why we need this ecosystem of work to support this um, impact, which is really at the end of the day, uh, you know, something I've lived personally. And I I know so many people who have, which is, you know, to say the least, the economic empowerment um, that you can give students through this, right. The flexibility, the, the, the great um, purpose that they can find in it, as well as I said, the economic freedom that it, it can give you to be in tech so, you know, and we want to really focus on those that need our support the most. I mean, we want to help every student, every college, but with a strong center and emphasis on those that need the support the most. So to do this in terms of what it takes from our side, and this is something, you know, I think is really important is we're, you know, we're growing on all fronts right now. We're doing a lot of hiring as a team. We're recruiting hundreds of engineers as coaches and instructors, curriculum support, and we need more every semester than the semester before. In addition to that, we're working with, you know, more and more university campuses because we actually partner to bring the content on campuses in many cases. And we're also looking to bring in a lot more and we need a lot more company support. So this is key for us is both funders, philanthropic, you know, funding as well as sponsorship and, and hiring the talent. So these last two years have been a whirlwind, honestly. It's been challenging. It's been exciting. And, and really we need everyone's help. So, you know, if anyone is listening, to this that is interested in learning more, you can find out uh, more about CodePath at codepath.org. So uh, that's where we have everything, including signing up to help out or get involved. Great. You just beat me to my to my next question was, how can other people help you on this incredibly uh, vital mission uh, that, you're, that you're on and that CodePath is on? Nathan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today to share your story and tell us about what CodePath is doing and about your own about your own history and how and how it came about. I know that Linode is extremely proud to be part of the fabric of this initiative, and we wish you all the best as you as you continue to try to create a new, more inclusive future for the technology industry. It was a pleasure, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. 
Thanks for listening to Craft of Code. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please subscribe to make sure you're the first to hear when we release future episodes. And we'd love it if you left a review. 